All right. Welcome everyone to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny and I'm joined this week as always by my co-host Brian Wells. In this week's episode, we'll be continuing our NBA postseason coverage. We'll talk about all the latest in the Eastern Conference with the Philadelphia 76ers and Brooklyn Nets being upset in the second round, setting up in Milwaukee-Atlanta Eastern Conference Finals. We'll talk about the Phoenix Suns as they are on a roll right now after taking the first game of their Western Conference Final Series with the Los Angeles Clippers. And we'll also talk about the big trade, the early, before the the offseason even starts trade between the Boston Celtics and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So we'll give our thoughts on that as Celtics fans before getting into our NHL playoff coverage, talking about the Stanley Cup semifinals. New York Islanders are on the brink of elimination against the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are looking to return to the Stanley Cup finals after winning it all in the bubble last season. While the Montreal Canadiens are putting up a fight against the favored Vegas Golden Knights in the other semifinal series. So we'll talk about those two series and we'll also talk about the U.S. Open. John Rahm wins the U.S. Open uh, fresh off his bout with coronavirus. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Bryson DeChambeau's late collapse on Sunday afternoon. So lots of uh, lots of coverage from what went on at Torrey Pines this past weekend before finally wrapping up this week's episode with five questions on Euro 2020, Father's Day, and more. So with that, let's get started. taking off last week we have a lot more nba and nhl postseason coverage to jump into we'll talk us open we have uh, a variety of topics at the end of the show but before we get into that real quickly i have to ask did you watch the iCarly reboot uh this past weekend no (laughs) no didn't even cross your mind no it never crossed my mind yeah, I, I mean, if I had Paramount Plus already, I probably would have checked it out, but I, I haven't taken the time to actually, um, you know, subscribe to it, even for just a, a free trial, but we'll see. I feel like eventually I have to after we talked about it last episode, but uh, one show that I did watch the season premiere of is Dave. Have you watched that show at all, or at least heard of it? You know I'm... the rapper Lil Dicky? Yeah, but I, I've never, I still have never seen it or anything. I mean, do you like his music? I mean, not really. No, okay. So I, I guess if you're not a fan of Lil Dicky, then you probably wouldn't enjoy the show, Dave. But I think everyone who is a fan of him <laughs> thinks it's like the best show ever. So uh, the first two episodes of season two came out. I guess that's my little pop culture plug uh, to start this show. But let's uh, let's get into it here. Let's talk NBA playoffs. And is the process dead? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, 
it is you know i i don't even know like how to describe the process because it's year after year the philadelphia 76ers it feels like oh this is it like they're they're building up to something and that this was supposed to be the year and it still feels kind of unbelievable to think that they they did actually bow out in the second round like they did to the hawks yeah i've never been a huge sixers fan it was one of the reasons why i arguably enjoyed this series more than the next series that we'll talk about in the Eastern Conference. I definitely enjoyed it more. I loved seeing Philly go down like yeah, they I, did. I, I've said I've said a long time on here that I've never been a big fan of the Sixers, even if with all this talent that they have, especially when it comes to Ben Simmons, who I've definitely been critical of or I've definitely been lower on than most people. Yes, he's very talent very talented, a freakish talent good facilitator and defender but the dude literally can't shoot the basketball whatsoever and 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 he's at the point now where he chooses not to I mean his fourth quarters have were pathetic in this series he went two for two in game one and then one for one in game three and then games two and then four through seven he didn't take a single shot and then his free throw percentage was also abysmal uh, in the playoffs, worse in NBA history. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, he 34%. wouldn't even win a freaking batting title with those numbers. <laughs> yeah, it was. I I have long been a defender of Ben Simmons, basically in the sense that I think a lot of people, like I know you in the past, have said, "Oh, you shoot a three pointer." Like I, I just I think that's way too simple to describe him. I think that he can be a player who can make enough uh, of an impact on the game offensively inside the three-point arc but he just doesn't even want to shoot anymore like the fact the the, the crazy highlight that it's still like hard to wrap your head around watching it I, is him having a clear dunk attempt and passing it, it, it because he's afraid to get fouled like it is it is unreal to me just what has you know happened with him because it feels like he hasn't been this way like he's someone who would be able to put the ball in the basket when I, he I was watching some of his summer least. league highlights when he was uh, in his rookie year or, or earlier in his career and he his would first shoot the, or second rookie season yeah he would shoot the uh yeah <laughs> his, <laughs> his rookie season or second year whatever it was yeah uh-huh. he would shoot the ball in the summer league a little bit and he would shoot the ball er, earlier in his career but now he is legitimately afraid to even put the ball in the basket or even score when your second best player is afraid to score or refuses to shoot the ball. That's a huge problem. So I don't want to say there's no hope for Ben Simmons as a player, but in terms of in terms of it working here in Philly, yeah, I don't. I think it's over for for him at least. Doc Rivers was asked in his post game press conference if he believes that Ben Simmons can be a championship level point guard, yeah. and he said, I, "I don't I, know how to answer that." Yeah, <laughs> I love the Garrett Cole uh, hesitation there, where he wants to <laughs> he wants to admit yeah. the truth, but he also doesn't want to throw his player under the bus, so he just goes, "Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to answer that question." <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I I think it is inevitable that the Sixers are going to at least try to move Ben Simmons. Now, I don't know what his value is at this point because it went from in the off season, the beginning of the year talks that, Oh, the Sixers could trade Ben Simmons and others to get James Harden. Now it's like maybe Portland will give us CJ McCollum for him. It is. It's just crazy how his value has tanked to this point. And now it's like the Sixers will probably have to attach first round picks to him. Like they did with Al Horford last summer. And it's, it's definitely to the point where I think that 
this this seventy sixers coming off season could go in so many different ways that could potentially be just a straight up rebuild if it if it really looks well if it's just weak. Embiid and then a bunch of other role players then yeah I could see a rebuild. yeah well and I guess there's the question of what what does it mean for Embiid now is all of a sudden is he gonna have to go is he gonna try to force his way out at this point because four straight years of playoff disappointment and I think if you look back at the back at the past three 2018 they overachieved they weren't expected to be a three seed they were like a fringe postseason contender they lose to the Celtics in the second round but it's like okay they'll figure it out and then 2019 against Toronto game seven Kawhi Leonard hits that insane shot if that goes to overtime it could go either way and then last year in the bubble Ben Simmons is hurt and the the Sixers never really stood a chance at that point but you could already see things starting to come down so the fact that they came out this year with the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and still couldn't make it to the conference finals that's just such a bad look for them and you think the coaching change would help a little bit and it did in the regular season especially since Brett Brown was a disaster of a head coach but Doc Rivers has he's kind of shown that he's a little bit of an underachiever uh, as a head coach outside of his one year with the Celtics when they won it all in 08. And, I mean, 09, they blew a 3-2 lead to the Magic, and they blew a 3-2 lead to the Lakers and the next year in the finals. 3-2 lead to the Heat. I can go on forever with how many blown leads uh, yeah, with the Celtics the, Clippers the and now the one, Sixers. Yeah, yeah there's two, been three a, to one leads of the Clippers. There's been a gazillion blown leads by by Doc Rivers as a head coach. and Yeah, and I guess this series, it's not even like he blew a lead because he— or, I They guess just lost to a lead. team he that they should be. Lead. No, he did. Yeah, and they they were up by twenty six points over the Hawks in Game Five, and they ended up losing that game. Like that in itself is a class on the road. Yeah. But then the fact that they went into Atlanta in Game Six and won, I was like, all right, there's no way that they lose Game Seven. They got all the momentum back. Like the Hawks had to win that one, and the fact that they lose Game Seven at home, like in a, in a sense, and, that's and, almost just as bad as and, some of those other collapses. And Trey Young was not really that great in game seven he I, i'd imagine his his shoulder is still bothering him he wasn't so he wasn't even the best player on his own he was team. like five for 23 from the floor in the game yeah he wasn't even the best player on his own team that night and they still won the yeah it was the kevin herter show yeah yeah, and you know, I think that I would like to talk a little bit about the hawks because coming into the season i was high on them i thought that they had a an awesome off season in terms of improving where they were when it started and where they you know found themselves when the season got underway they dealt with injuries early it led to the midseason firing of Lloyd Pierce Nate McMillan comes in fresh off being fired by the Pacers and now all of a sudden he has these guys in the Eastern Conference Finals I think they're such a deep roster and the fact that they're doing it with Cam Reddish who's been hurt since I think February or March he hasn't played at all in the postseason and then DeAndre Hunter who had surgery after the Knicks series he didn't play at all in this series against Philly they're it they, they just shows like how how great of a roster this uh, these guys assembled and you know the the Hawks I don't know what to make of them moving forward but they're in the Eastern Conference Finals now and they have a chance to make it all the way to the NBA Finals in year one of uh, this experiment they've put together. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know how much of a chance that they have uh, versus the Milwaukee Bucks in the East Finals, but they've definitely shown that they've been a good team throughout the postseason so far. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely uh, expecting Milwaukee to win, especially after their seven-game series victory over the Brooklyn Nets. And I guess that's a good transition into that other series. So uh, 
I guess first of all, what I want to say is I it, it still feels surreal to think that the Nets are out of the playoffs. And I don't know how much of that is the fact that Game 7 happened on a Saturday night. It was late. I'd been drinking with some friends. It was like hard to fully process everything that was happening. But it, it just seems crazy to think that the, the Nets are out of the playoffs at this point. Is that just me? I mean, no, I was definitely surprised. I mean, even with the injuries that they had, I... I I thought for sure that the Nets were just gonna ruin it for me as a basketball fan and just and yeah. and just beat everyone uh, like like KD did with the Warriors and and the super team that he had there. But no, I'm I was definitely glad that the the Nets lost, especially being uh, a, a huge Kyrie hater. And I mean, I I won't get, crap him on too much because his injury was a legitimately legitimate basketball injury where he sprained his ankle. Uh, going for a rebound and you know stuff like that happens but but when it comes to James Harden I'm glad he lost I mean when you don't get in any sort of NBA shape whatsoever just to get traded to a to a team where there are two other superstars I I will root against you every single time and so I'm glad I'm glad James Harden is also was also on the losing end of losing end of that series and but even though I'm was not huge on Kyrie and Harden, or I'm not a huge fan of either of those guys. I think Durant, even though I'm not really wasn't really a fan of what he did going to Golden State and ring chasing, he was the man in this series, and he, he almost yeah. single handedly uh, brought the Brooklyn Nets to the East Finals. See, everyone always wants to hate on Kevin Durant, and I I understand the frustration just seeing how good Golden State was those really three seasons. I mean, the only reason why they didn't win three in a row is because he got injured. Well, he he but, had like he had the single worst ring chasing thing in sports. Yeah. Oh, I know. And, and I totally he's all, he, it. he can also be yeah. kind of a dick on Twitter, but other than that, as a player, he's also funny at the same time. Yeah, it's Twitter. true. Yeah. Especially but, especially with Michael Rappaport. Yeah. Who I oh, can't I know. Stand. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll yeah. admit it, that part that that stuff is not great. But I feel that, like he's as a basketball player. No, he's 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 the best. He is he. I mean, at the point where I would say he's the best player in the world. Yeah. I think that he's showing that the fact that he, like he said, basically single handedly took this Nets team that they they gave up a lot of pieces mid season to acquire James Harden. So they not to say that they don't have a lot of talent with guys like Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan who hasn't even played like a Landry Shamit. But, um, but they had to give up they, um, Jared Karis Allen Lever and, and Karis Jared Lever. Allen are two big guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah those are uh, and Joe Harris was a ghost this series. Like a lot of those guys around him just didn't really step up. And Kevin Durant was just like, doesn't matter. Jeff Green just go out, do a little bit on the floor in Game Five, and I'll put up fifty and we'll win. And I I think that. Uh, it's it's pretty. I think it's another reason why it's it feels surreal in the sense that Durant was so good in Game Seven. I think he had 48 points. He hit the game tying shot to send it to overtime, uh, and then yeah, to it, have it end. Like with he said, him, if it wasn't for his big ass foot, <laughs> they would be. Yeah, in right. Finals. He probably would have won. It would have been a three pointer. But then to have it end with him airballing, and you're just like. It just it just feels like a weird like unfair ending for for Kevin Durant in Game Seven. I like mean, that. he went zero for five in that overtime, but he also played basically the he played the entire game, right? He didn't sit minutes. one minute. So. No, I don't think he did. Yeah. So yeah, you're gonna be a little tired if you play the entire game. So I don't blame yep. him. Yeah, I know, and that that feels like a frustrating way for that season to end for the Nets. I don't think that they're going anywhere. I think given no, that's, a normal see, off season, I'm, yeah. I'm going to enjoy their loss for now. But <laughs> by next year, I will, 
I'd imagine that they'll be a one seed convincingly, and as long as they stay healthy and Harden doesn't get fat and go to strip clubs and Kyrie doesn't take breaks in the middle of the season. See, I would say title favorites for that reason. I, yeah, I they, think they, that load management could maybe knock them down a little yeah, from the uh, as, overwhelming one seed. But As long as there's no crap going on between those two guys, I'd imagine that they'll be title favorites next year. Yeah, and I think that just given that, it makes the Bucks winning this series even more important because the, this is a team that was the number one seed two years in a row, and two years in a row they had some level of playoff disappointment, losing four in a row to Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then getting just you know blown out of the gym by the Miami Heat in the bubble last year. I think that they're now, the team now they that, have to take advantage yeah. of it. Oh, they they absolutely they're, do, they're especially the f- facing the Hawks. Like you know, like you said, they're facing nice the Hawks story, and then but, facing the Hawks, and then either getting either the Suns or Clippers. I th- I think that they should be the favorite. I mean, they they are the big three right now with Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday. Yeah. And to me, like it's it's their title to lose at this point. Now, I think you know if we get into the the West, those two teams definitely have uh, the ability to get hot out of nowhere. But Milwaukee, I think just when you look at the the talent and the fact that they've been through this before it's not like this is their first time on the stage it it feels like they should be the team to beat at this point the one thing about the bucks is that they definitely don't have a lot of depth i mean outs i mean after their starting lineup it's really just Connaughton on their bench and then after that it's it's really just their starting five and yeah that yes they have a big three and brooke lopez has been a good veteran center and then PJ Tucker, I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't do a lot of scoring, but he plays good. He's defense. he's held his own for them. He's been yeah. much more impressive with them than I expected to be when they picked him up. I, I know it's important to just have a what six or seven eight man rotation when it gets to later later in the series, but at the same time, it's <laughs> yeah. it doesn't feel great when that many players are playing forty plus minutes. Yeah, I mean they they literally had their entire starting five played at least 38 minutes and that's just because you know everyone else played 46 plus outside of pj tucker pat Connaughton played 23 off the bench Bryn forbes five and then thanonis played one so yeah they're uh i i do think that that will be a, a legitimate thing to this point especially given that atlanta is a little little deeper like they do have a bench phoenix has a good bench the clippers have a good bench so they're probably going to need somebody else to, to be able to give them some minutes and step up if they're going to win it all but i think just looking at that front end starting talent they they have enough there they showed if you can beat the nets in a seven game series win game seven on the road in brooklyn then i think that you're capable of taking down anybody it's a must-win year for the Bucks, just given how well they've done in the regular season the past couple of seasons, like you said, and then coming up short in the postseason. And then now it's wide open for them to win it this year. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and let's uh, let's get into the, the two teams that they would be facing if they do end up knocking out the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's either the Phoenix Suns or the Los Angeles Clippers. And the Suns are hot right now. Having swept no pun intended, the Denver right? Nuggets, yeah, no pun intended. You know, well, I guess they they won three in a row against the Lakers, then they swept the Denver Nuggets, and then they take Game One over the Clippers. This is a team. It's starting to feel like they're almost a team of destiny at this point. Oh, I'm because I'm, I'm definitely just on the everything Suns that's bandwagon. happened with them. Yeah, yeah and it, I'm, it's I'm, like I'm all in on the Suns bandwagon. I'm not saying that they're gonna win, but I'm definitely rooting for them for sure. 
They're fun yeah, to and watch. I, they're they're a hard team to root against right now. Even like the fans, like the the whole Suns and Four guy. I assume that you saw him. <laughs> yeah, and every he got yeah, he's become like a superstar. Yeah, he got for, tickets for for being a guy up. And then yeah. Oh, and I know. Four. Yep. Yep. Well, was the the uh, yeah the two Nuggets fans? Did you see or? Okay. One of them, one of the Nuggets fans guys did like this whole interview afterwards saying he wasn't really beat up, like he didn't really get punched and like I, I, <laughs> I watched the video. It looked like he got his ass kicked. Yeah. It was it was weird seeing that they're trying to make this guy like a, a pseudo celebrity as well. But yeah, the the Suns right now, I, I think it's it's pretty uh pretty fun watching them play basketball, even without Chris Paul right now, which I don't know when he'll be back. I imagine it's soon. Uh, I know he's in the the health and safety protocols right now, but they're they're a team that is a lot deeper than you know even I thought they were coming into the season. Just like realizing how good some of these guys are outside of Paul Booker and DeAndre Ayton, because Michael Bridges had a huge game. Jay Crowder has been Jay awesome. Jay Crowder was like, in the the finals last year with Miami. Yeah, yeah, he's he was a one of the best offseason signings. Uh, just given what he's been able to bring to that team, Cameron Payne, Cameron Payne coming out yeah, of nowhere thought, off the bench, like I, what? I remember him in OKC, and I remember thinking, "This guy is he going to even be in the NBA in a few years?" I yeah, mean, I remember he his great was at, he would uh, dance Murray with State, Russell Westbrook. Right? He went to Murray State, right? That sounds right. He definitely went to a small school like that. Murray State sounds right. Yeah, I, um, I remember he was decent in college, but but being in OKC as a backup to Westbrook, I remember thinking, "Is this dude even going to be in the league in a few years?" and now he's proving that not only is he in the league, but he's a legitimate piece on a title-contending team right now. Yeah, so Payne did go to Murray State. Um, he was there in 2013 to 2015, so two seasons. Uh, they definitely made it to the tournament one of those years. I think they lost to Marquette in the second round. Uh, anyway, yeah, the Suns right now, I even without Chris Paul, like I know the Clippers don't have Kawhi Leonard, so it kind of evens it out, but I think that they're they're really a tough Tough out at this point, at the very least. In terms of the Clippers, I thought that they were pretty close to dead when they lost those first two to Utah. I certainly did not see them coming back to win four in a row, and I definitely didn't see them coming back to win game six when they were down 22 at halftime. Without Terrence Kawhi Mann, Leonard. Yeah, without Kawhi Leonard. Terrence Mann just had the game of his life. It, it was incredible. They, they just literally could not miss in the second half. I think they scored 80 points. Uh, at 81 points it was uh that was an incredible game and it was 120 to 114 in in game one it's not like the Suns wanted a blowout so I don't think that the Clippers are done but I really think Kawhi Leonard needs to come back because Paul George and maybe no he has to come back they they, they don't I don't think they have a I know they only lost by six in that game but I really don't you can't expect Reggie Jackson to score 20 plus every single game and have him you wouldn't think so have him be being your second best player on the floor uh in in a Western Conference final I don't think that's a recipe for success I I think that they they have to get Kawhi Leonard back or else I think it's over yeah I don't know what the the latest is in terms of an injury timeout on him I also saw saw that Marcus Morris is probably out game too I saw reports that he had a torn ACL and they're saying he's still out but they're not saying he's out for good they're just saying he's out each game yeah i mean if i imagine if it's a torn acl there's no chance that he's playing anytime yeah, so, soon so, so I, I don't know why he wouldn't be officially yeah, ruled out with i'd that. imagine it's not that now but i'd imagine it it's also a, a bad a bad knee injury yeah yeah i mean he would be playing if if it was something he could play through so 
Uh, definitely frustrating for him to, to go down like that, especially at this point in the postseason. But that certainly opens up the door for the Suns. And I agree with you. If he doesn't come back to play, it, it's it's really difficult to see the Clippers pulling this one out. Um, so I guess given that, we're probably looking at a, a Bucks suns finals is what our predictions are. Yeah, so, I'm going Bucks suns as well. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do think that we'll end up recording at, at the very least. And, eh, we'll see. We'll probably end up having an episode mid-series, but if we don't, I guess that's our kind of official prediction that we're throwing out there, and we'll we'll see if that's what we'll be talking about. I, I hope it is. I, I would love to see a final like that. With I like Giannis as a superstar. He's one of the few superstars. Yeah, I'm a I huge like. fan of him. And then yeah. Devin Book. Devin Booker's the man. He he, mm-hmm. really, he is. I'll admit. I know. I didn't think he'd be this good. Maybe, I uh, maybe a solid player. Maybe borderline All Star, but not not triple double in game one kind of good. It's really cool having new teams at the end here. Like even the the big city oh, I, team, I need like that. LA Clippers. I, like I've hated, I've ha- I've basically hated the NBA playoffs for about the past five seasons. Not every single year, but basically with Durant and with the Warriors, I've hated those years where it's just I hate knowing which team is going to win. Yeah, yeah, it's it's frustrating. We had Golden State Cleveland four years in a row, so it's absolutely refreshing to see these you know new teams battling it out at the end. Like seeing Atlanta in the Eastern Conference Finals going up against Milwaukee, and I'm sure that the NBA is upset that it's not Philadelphia versus Brooklyn. But I think for true NBA fans who like really just want to be able to see something new, I, I I think that's that's great. And I really hope that the ratings aren't terrible. I hope that people tune in to watch. Just because of the talking points. So anyway, that's uh, so that's it for the the latest on the conference finals. But we do want to take some time to talk about a trade that's already went down, uh, which seems kind of crazy to think it could happen mid postseason. But it involves our Boston Celtics uh, sending Kemba Walker and a first round pick, 16th overall, to the Oklahoma City Thunder, reuniting with Al Horford. Also picking up Moses Brown in a second round pick. So what are your thoughts on this huge trade that new GM Brad Stevens made? Well, my first thought was I didn't even know you can make a trade at this point in the year. <laughs> yeah. Now I know it's not uh-huh. official until what, July sixth? I think July sixth, yeah. yeah. But either way, I didn't even know you can make trades at this point in the year. I didn't either. And the fact that like the the Twitter account for the Celtics was able to like actually, you know, talk about this and it, it is like a it feels like it's official already. It is. Uh, I think it's a little strange, but but yeah. Oh, in terms of my thoughts on the the trade, I I actually like it. I uh, I'm glad that they were able to move Kemba Kemba's contract for even I, I would have taken for anything. And the fact that they got Horford back is great. I, now I know Al Horford is not a, an All Star anymore. He's way past his prime. So I'm not gonna say oh this puts him over the top or anything. But I. I did like Al Horford when he was here. He was a good veteran presence. And I I mean, I know the 2019 year was a disaster, so I don't know how much his veteran presence helps, but I know that Tatum and Brown have talked about how Al Horford was one of their their favorite teammates. So I'd have, that's a, definitely a plus, and he definitely gives them more size. My other thought on this trade is who's going, right? Because I'd imagine... With, with when you have Horford, Thompson, Rob Williams, and so on, someone's got to go, right? Yeah, this is this is far from the last move that 
this team is going to make. I mean, they're also at the point where Marcus Smart is a starting point guard. I don't know if that's, you know, and I guess Peyton Pritchard would be the backup. I'm not sure if that's how they want to proceed to this point. So I do think there are other moves to be made. Uh, I guess I was I was a little surprised that it actually happened because I saw this as a mock trade. Like there were talks that Kemba and the Celtics were looking to part ways, and like the Thunder, I, I, perfect. Send I've, back saw, I've, Warford. S- I've seen that same trade as well, where they would move Kemba to OKC and and bring back Horford. Yeah, and it, it feels kind of crazy to, that it actually happened because I feel like those mock trades never actually do. But I agree with you. I like the deal. I. F- think it was time to move Kemba and it's unfortunate because injuries just made I, that a failure I like Kemba but it got to the point where his his injuries were so bad that he just became useless because mm-hmm. he wasn't a great defender and he wasn't really a great sc- scoring threat at this point and very inconsistent not, he's not even a great that great of a facilitator so I, I hate to say it because I like Kemba but he's been based he's now basically useless at this point with his contract I mean Absolutely. And, you know, when he came in, the thought was, okay, he's going to be a downgrade basketball wise from Kyrie, but he's going to, the chemistry, that was be worth it. My but exact thought as well. The, it did not yeah, turn the out injuries, that way whatsoever. The injuries absolutely just made it. So that was never a possibility, which is frustrating. He was but, a starting all star point guard his first year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. It was, it was awesome at first. And it, it just, it, it, it kind of sucks how everything has played out with that. And uh, I am glad that Al Horford is coming back. I do think he's someone who the Celtics could really use that type of player. And I hope that they can, uh, you know, make the, the fit work again. I know that he had some frustration about playing center. He wanted to play power forward. That's why he went to Philly, but realistically that he's a center at this point. And I hope that he recognizes that. Um, in terms of Horford and what he can bring, he's actually coming off a really solid half season with the Thunder. They they wound up sitting him for the the second half because they didn't want to you know risk anything to hurt no, his they, trade they, value. They, they sat him because they wanted to tank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They they wanted to make sure that they didn't accidentally win games and that Horford's value was as high as it could be in the off season. They were going to trade him. They didn't want to risk any kind of injury or just drop in performance. It totally makes sense to me. And when he was playing, he actually averaged the most points per game since he was his last season in Atlanta. He averaged 14.2 points per game, smaller sample size, but he still played 28 minutes a game. He still got rebounds. He still was able to pick up some assists. So I'm, I'm hopeful that Horford can come in and be this team's starting center and give the team good minutes and be able to do enough to help this team win. Agreed. Now, in terms of who gets moved, I think Tristan Thompson is getting moved for oh, yeah. Robert Williams. I, I would, <laughs> like, I would imagine, unless Robert but, but, Williams but is somehow is, being used in a package to pick up like you, a like a all star type. Yeah, caliber that, that's player. what it would take to to tr- for them to trade Williams. Is that it, they would have to get something great in return, and and obviously it wouldn't just just be Williams. It'd be Williams and other pieces as well. Mm-hmm. Just he's so injury prone as well that you have to at least entertain it. Yeah, I mean, you definitely need to have some other option besides him at yeah, this but, point. But that regardless, moving Tr- him, Tristan yeah. Thompson is, he, they definitely have to him, move him uh, before Williams, I'd imagine, especially with what's been happening in the news with him lately. Yeah, oh, I know. He was trending on Twitter this morning. I was like, oh, is he about to be traded now? No, he just cheated on Khloe Kardashian for the <laughs> 40th time and they're broken up again. <laughs> so, or is it Courtney? Is it Courtney or Chloe? Oh, uh, it's, it's, Chloe. it's Chloe. Sure Chloe. It is Chloe. Okay, yeah. I got that right. Yeah. Um, I just knew it was not Kim. Um, 
yeah, so <laughs> so we'll see what ends up happening with him uh, both on and off the court. But I, I do think that this is the first of many moves that will be made by um, you know Brad Stevens. I'm just glad that they're doing... our new head coach, too. I'm just so. glad that they're doing something now. I feel like it's just the same thing yeah. over and over again, but now it's like they, they have a new GM and, and potential. In the future, they'll have a new coach, and then they're definitely moving pieces already, especially Kemba, and now I'd... And yeah, I'd imagine that they'll move more uh, later in the year. Yeah, and I, I, I guess one quick thing: I don't know much about Moses Brown other than he went off when. That's the only <laughs> they, thing I know about him. They as played well, the Celtics he, like, this year. Twenty-one so. points, twenty-three rebounds versus Celtics. Yeah, yeah. Part of me wants to be impressed, but at the same time, part of me is like, uh, "Well, it's the Celtics. Not, <laughs> they don't have a great, <laughs> they don't have a great uh-huh. front court, and they're not really trying at times." So yeah, so I don't know how much of him being thrown in there had to do with that game, but. Uh, that I'm sure that Brad Stevens took some notice given that he went out and traded for him I, a couple months later. Yeah, I also love that they got rid of a first round pick because Danny Ainge would just hoard first round yeah, picks endlessly. And, and Brad Stevens pick. is like, F these picks. Let's let's try to get some actual pieces in here. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the only way to be able to move Kemba, but like, I don't think that they were bringing in anything that was going to be of, of uh, value, at least this season, just given how a lot of those mid round, mid first round picks have gone recently. And I guess speaking of draft picks, the NBA draft lottery is tonight. Last year, or you know, I guess last September, whenever the the lottery happened, you and I made our predictions. I nailed it by saying Minnesota would get it. You know, they would win the lottery. Do you have any prediction for this one? Uh, Rockets. Rockets. So you yeah. think the the top team? Are they are they the favorite to get it? Were they, they the worst? Well, three teams have fourteen percent. So I guess the Rockets, the Pistons, and Someone else is the Cavaliers. They're all tied. Yeah, the they Cavs have, the have had a, have had like a dozen I hope, number yeah. one overall picks. So I I highly doubt. <laughs> I hope Cleveland. it's not them. I think mm-hmm. I think that it'll be the Rockets since yeah, like they're one of those three teams. And I'll admit, I'm I'm kind of when it comes to the NBA lottery, part of me always thinks it's rigged. So if to give it to the Rockets for the NBA will say, hey, you know what? They got so screwed over with this Harden thing that, you know what, we'll give them the first overall pick. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that happening. I'm going to go with the Thunder just because they keep massing all these first-round picks. I feel like the, the, you know, it's going to work for them. They're, they're going to get the number one overall pick here. But uh, they've got Houston, Oklahoma City. The, like, over the next, like, what, seven years, they have 18 first-rounders? Something, something silly like rounders. that. You're, you're yeah. more likely to get drafted by the OKC Thunder than the Army at this point. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that there's going to be a military draft anytime soon, but <laughs> you're right, that that does work. <laughs> um, all right, that'll uh, wrap up the NBA talk. Let's talk some Stanley Cup playoffs. So we're in the Stanley Cup semifinals because there's no conferences this year, and we've had two very exciting series to this point. I think there were some questions about what to expect given that it seemed like there were two teams that were probably decent favorites, but the Tampa Bay Lightning just holding a 3-2 edge over the New York Islanders after winning Game 5, which they won 8 nothing. So they're, uh, they're definitely in the driver's seat right now, while the Vegas Golden Knights are struggling with the Montreal Canadiens, tied in their series 2-2, took a, an overtime Game 4 winner just to avoid going down 3-1. to So... My first question to you is how much of these series have you actually watched on TV live? Uh the Tampa New York one I've I have i have probably watched more than the Montreal Vegas one just because 
Sometimes it's in Vegas, and that's it could be super late. Uh, the, the the game I watched the most, unfortunately, of the Vegas-Montreal series was Game 3. And I, 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 watched, I was watching it when that flurry play happened, and that was that so is, brutal for someone that that's rooting, rooting for the Vegas and root, definitely rooting against Montreal. Yeah, that was far worse than anything Tristan Jari did. Uh, for the Penguins, but uh, that, that's that's tough to see from Flurry. Now, I'm I'm going to be honest. I don't think I've watched a single minute of these live on TV. I think I've only been watching the NBA playoffs. I've seen so many no. highlights on Twitter. Like I know what's happening. It just hasn't been the the top priority. No, that's me. okay. It was just so I told you that I'm a bigger hockey fan than basketball fan. But I think the basketball playoffs have been. I, they've gotten my interest more than the NHL one, in my opinion. So I generally in the past start to lose some level of interest when the Penguins get eliminated, but I still have found ways to keep watching through the Stanley Cup finals. Mostly like at least the past few seasons or I'll, I'll throw out last year's bubble because the timing was a little off, but the four before that, I cared enough who won or lost the Stanley Cup Finals to keep watching. And those would always end in like early to mid-June. So for me, I kind of stopped watching these playoffs live after the second round, which was also early to mid-June. So to me, I didn't stop early. I stopped right on time. The NHL, just the playoffs are just running late. So that's kind of my excuse for this, but the the reality is it's just it's hard for me to continue to watching the Stanley Cup playoffs the further it goes when my teams are no longer in it. And I think that's something that a lot of people can kind of relate to. But I guess from you, the, given that the Bruins were just eliminated, uh, you know, the fact that you are still watching some of these, you know, obviously shows that you, you care enough. Yeah, I, I care. I definitely care between the four teams because I, I like Vegas a lot. Now, it's kind of hard, harder to root for them now than in their first year because in their first year they made it all the way to Stanley Cup Finals with dudes I've never heard of. I mean, yeah, oh, like, they I, were an I awesome watched, story. I watch. I'm a big NHL fan, and their first line were guys besides Riley Smith because he played for the Bruins. I never heard yeah. of most of the players <laughs> uh-huh. on the team outside of him and Mark Andre Fleury. Well, William Carlson was a yeah, star. He, and... he had more goals that year than he had in his entire career. Yeah. Yeah, I never was, heard of them insane. until that I mean, year. Obviously, I knew Marc-Andre Fleury and Goldberg. Yeah. Their first line that year is now their second line. Because the, they've, they've added all these guys. Yeah, because they added Pacioretty, Stone, and whoever their sediment is right now. I yeah, think it's, they, I think uh, it's Stevens. Uh, I think it's Stevens. They, they signed um, Alex, Alex Petrangelo. Yeah, well, he's a defenseman. Yeah, but like he's he's also yeah. Oh, first and that's another thing. They were stacked before they got him, and now yeah, it's, yeah. now it's ridiculous. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of get that. I think at the same time for me, it's easier for me to root for Vegas over the Capitals in the Stanley Cup Finals. Not in saying that it's it's not easy to. Like, I, I'm not rooting for Montreal. I wouldn't root for Tampa or New York. But I hate the Capitals so much more than any other team in the NHL that it's that, like, that you as much as I say I was about rooting for the Golden Knights, I was rooting against Capitals. Now it's like, eh, the Golden Knights win. Oh, cool. If they don't, uh, maybe next year. Like... Um, and it's especially going to become even more difficult if Robin Lehner remains in goal, because I would much rather. Well, Mark Andre Fleury is is in goal tonight. If you didn't, know he that. is. Yeah. He's back in tonight. Yeah. Okay, I was. I thought they were just going to keep riding. I, I also thought that four. after having a great game four, I thought they were. Just Peter gonna... DeBoer, that's the coach, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, he's uh his his goalie decision making it, it it baffles me a little. Like I kind of understood benching Flurry for Game One against Colorado after playing a seven game series, but I I don't really understand the, the decision making on this. Like, was he benched for Game Four just because of that one play? Well, and also losing in like, in but overtime. Didn't they well. lose three to two? Yeah, they lost three to two. But it was still it's not really like he gave bad, up six. Still goals. a really bad play. Yeah, but like I don't know. It was I like, the, the one. I mean, the one play was the difference. I mean, at least they made a goalie change, unlike the Bruins. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. I mean, the Bruins. That was an injury. Like in this, and I they didn't make the just, change. Like, we need the rest. Which, which I know. Just I know. The they should have. Yeah, you're right. Okay, well, I guess I know what one, you mean. I'm, I, I was yeah. just making the case that hey, at least they did something. I mean, uh, yeah, I'd say the Penguins should have. They literally didn't have another. Well, that's another option. team that should have made a change as well. Yeah, I mean, they they didn't. They literally didn't have another option. Um, there was, <laughs> but I would love for them to make a change in the off season, and I would love for them to bring back Flurry based on how he's playing. So part of me is like, okay, well maybe Flurry being benched like that could tank his value a little, so that way he's uh, he's much more affordable for the Penguins. But um, you know, if he's back in goal, that's probably not going to be the case. So. I don't know. Um, I'm going to try to tune into these. You know, I imagine if Vegas is in the Stanley Cup final, I'll find a way to, to watch the games. But I'm, uh, I'm definitely I mean, I'm gonna, not as into these as I had I'm, been. I'm going to care either way because if Vegas makes it, great. But if Montreal makes it, then <laughs> go whoever, whoever wins. You're the, definitely, whoever wins there's no Tata doubt Tampa. you're rooting for Tampa or New York. Exactly. You have no, no problem with those so two teams. I, okay. I have rooting interest no matter what out of these four teams. Who are you rooting for in the Lightning Islander series? Uh... The Islanders, but at the same time, I don't think that they're gonna win. So, okay. I, so I know that the Islanders beat the Bruins, but at the same time, it's like they—they're a good team. They're—they're they're yeah, an underdog yeah, I, kind of kind of team where they—they they know that they're not getting the respect that they deserve, and so yeah, like they're just a gritty team that plays plays its ass off, and I I respect them. So, so I would say them, and it's just because also the Lightning—they're way too good and. I, the the salary cap thing bothers you more than it does than it bothers me but it it is a little kind of, it is kind of it's it's made them a super team is really the reality of it and yeah the islanders also beat the penguins i still find myself rooting for them it's not like the end of the world if the lightning beat them but if i had to choose one of the teams it's definitely new york and it's just the whole lightning they won it last year and yeah, I mean, I I get it. They're not actually cheating. Like the rules let it happen. Yeah, they got a it's loophole. It's just kind of frustrating. Yeah, it's just a loophole. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think after losing eight nothing, it wouldn't surprise me if the Islanders come home and win Game Six. I don't put I don't put too much stock into that. If, if you lose eight nothing or one nothing, you still lose. It doesn't. Yeah, no. And I I, I know that in the past there they, have been they gave of times up a, where, they gave up three goals in the first and they kind of just they just tanked it the rest of the game that's why yeah the game it just didn't matter so exactly they're like all right we're gonna get ready for game six now and the lightning scored too many goals they can't they're not gonna they're gonna get shut out in game six is kind of what my my thought is on this uh i remember in the 2017 eastern conference finals the penguins beat the senators in game five seven nothing i don't remember the score of game six but it was like two to one probably they lost and it was like yeah they just scored too many goals the night before so uh, I would not be surprised if something similar happens in Game Six, especially given that you know I keep saying it, it every game in the the Nassau Coliseum could be the last one before they move into their new arena next year. So I know that that crowd is gonna be rocking and they're gonna be ready to pull for the Islanders no matter what happens. So, 
All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll definitely have more to talk about in terms of the Stanley Cup Finals. You know, we'll we'll give our our recap and reactions to how these final few games play out. But do you want to make any predictions at this point? Uh, I mean, Tampa and Vegas. I think it'll be those two. How many games? Um, Vegas in six, and Tampa in I'll say seven. I think they both go to six, but I also think it'll be Tampa. Or both go to seven, but I think it'll it'll be Tampa Vegas as well. I think that Montreal has uh, put up way Montreal better no of a fight than I thought. Winning game three, <laughs> the no. shot total at one, the shot total at one point was twenty four to four in Vegas. In <laughs> Vegas's favor, I hate I yeah. hate using the shot total because it doesn't tell the whole story. But when it's that lopsided, I mean, come on, it's 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 so frustrating. They had eight shots on goal through two periods. Yeah, in that that's game. so and frustrating. They had, they had no business winning that game, and so I think Vegas will show in the next two. Yeah, games I mean, that. well, if Flurry doesn't make that boneheaded play, they they would Vegas be up three to one, two yeah. to one. Yeah, they're, they're so. really they're really not that great outside of a couple guys like Toffoli and Caulfield. After after those two, Carey Price. Oh, and duh, yeah, they're. Goalie. I think I think Carey Price will find a way to win one more game. Yeah, he, he yeah he's still that good. I'll I'll admit. So yeah, if if Montreal wins another game or wins the series, it'll, a lot of it will be because of Carey Price and how good of a goaltender he is. What would it take for the Penguins to trade for Carey Price? Just hypothetically, What's uh, his I don't value? I don't know because he's he's still really good, but at the same time he is now older. He's and he, he's been an MVP as a goalie, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was you know, ten years ago, but um, I don't know, first rounder. Okay, they don't have a first round pick, so <laughs> future first. <laughs> Never <rounder>. mind. <laughs> yeah, they have like three draft picks, and I I think that it's something like five draft picks and three in the seventh round or something silly like that. So I mean, yeah, sp- spending a first round pick on a goalie is dumb, but it's it's like a running back where it's dumb, but if there's a guy, it's just a can't miss guy, then I get mm-hmm. it. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, Carey Price feels like a can't-miss guy right yeah. now just with how he's played this postseason. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on and talk a little U.S. Open. So the uh, the U.S. Open was this past weekend at Torrey Pines, and wouldn't you know it, our guy John Rahm, uh, fresh off his battle with coronavirus, wins the whole thing. Yeah, John Rahm was, was my pick to win the U.S. Open, which was great, but at the same time, everyone else I liked either – Missed the cut or just imploded on Sunday. So, uh, but Let, let's focus on Rom. But Rom, though, yeah, he was he was that. terrific. He was especially on those last two holes. Those last two clutch putts on seventeen and eighteen were amazing, and crowd was really into it. And I was I was definitely happy for him. And I, I, there was definitely a a motivation factor of him trying to win after what happened at Memorial by. For being forced to withdraw because of COVID, and another thing was he's also amazing at touring pines. I I can't think of any any golfer. I mean, outside of like Tiger in his prime, that has performed well at Torrey Pines better than John Rahm. Dating back to 2017, he's finished first, 29th, fifth, second, and earlier in January this year, seventh. And so he got his first PGA Tour win uh, at, at Torrey Pines. He also proposed to his girlfriend at Torrey Pines. I mean, so he loves I his. That. I mean, he probably lost his virginity at Torrey Pines as well. I mean, <laughs> well, and he ended. He went to Arizona State. Yeah. So, so I mean, he uh he ends up winning his first major there. Yeah, and well. that, that, that's why I was just about to go. Yeah, and he wins his first major there. So he it's basically a second home to him, pretty much. 
uh, at, at Torrey Pines. So he was Third deservedly home, the favorite and deserved a win as well. What would you say is his first home? His first home is Scottsdale. His second home is probably where he's from in Spain. Oh, okay, third, th- home, third home, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um no, I'm 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 happy for John Rom. I I I picked him to win the Masters. It felt like you know having that that newborn eventually was gonna get him a win. And uh, we we made fun of him last episode with the whole COVID thing, but I think the fact that he actually <laughs> put in some level of effort to get vaccinated and you know took the situation somewhat seriously i think that it kind of kind of warned me on him a little but yeah definitely um a a great weekend for him being able to pull out this first major win it felt like it was inevitable uh just given that he's one of the best golfers in the world he's number one in the world one of the best golfers number one in the world and didn't have a major yet and he was playing at probably his best course on tour so yeah it seemed inevitable that he was going to win that one very frustrating that uh, we didn't record before. That's okay. I mean, able to I mean <laughs> what's funny is pick. that after we record our last episode, I literally said to you, huh, I wonder if John Rahm is going to play because he would be my yeah, pick Yeah, we to had win. no idea. And you know yeah. what? I, I kind of figured it was going to happen, but at the same time, it's like, whatever. Uh, yeah, I think that um, it was it was kind of interesting how that timing would play out. I, d- I did the math in my head, so I guess tested positive on Saturday, June 4th. So by Thursday, June 6th, it would have been past 10 days, I guess, was what the quarantine would have been. So it, it made sense that he would be able to play. But at the same time, it, it felt like he wouldn't have been. But I think that was just kind of operating under the uh, the 14-day, which I think that's kind of like the real world, whereas all the pro sports, it seems like they just do 10 days and say, yeah, you're probably good enough to play now. That's what the NFL did. So That's probably uh, true. That, yeah, that makes sense. Hey, he had he had the the first dose of the vaccine in him, so eventually it it uh you know caught up and and fought everything off. Um, but yeah, big big win for John Rom this weekend, and he won at the expense of uh, your guy Bryson Ashambo. Yeah, I I, need, I kind of figured he was bring, in first. I kind of figured you're lead. gonna bring him up. The fact that he yeah. was in first <laughs> and then just had the worst nine holes I've ever seen him play. That so the the eighth hole he. It's a par three. He puts it within an inch of an ace, ends up with a birdie, takes sole possession, nine holes to go, and then immediately goes out and, what, bogeys 11, bogeys 12, the and thir- double bogeys 13. The 13th 13. was brutal because he slipped. He slipped twice. Yeah, he slipped uh, off the tee, and then the ball obviously went in the rough, and then he hit in the rough again, and then he hit... Uh, he hit a, a cellar toire box. Yeah, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he definitely... He probably should have had a couple of those before he took his next next shot. Yeah. Was that was that on thirteen where he I, double bogeyed, I, or is that a different? I, well, so it might have been a different. I, like, my memory's I, I didn't not great. Watch that happen. Yeah, I remember. So seeing like, it did, was it? Did it land inside the box? No, it landed next to the box. It landed next to the box. Okay, that, that's what I thought. It landed next to it. I, I read somewhere that it landed inside it. I was like, how would they even play that? Like, what would you do? Do you just? Is that like like an out of bounds? Like, um, I imagine that that's how they would treat it. It'd be like a you know a stroke. Yeah, I don't. Penalty. I don't think you have it. to hit it out of the box like Happy Gilmore when it lands just on that guy's foot. Rip it. <laughs> yeah, rip open the uh, the box um, just so you don't have a penalty out of it. Uh, but yeah, that uh, rough day for Bryson. And I are you starting to uh, to question his um you know what whether he's gonna you know return. To, to glory on the uh, the major stage after winning last year's U.S. Open? Uh, he's kind of no, had a I rough mean, go at it no, since I, then. I, think, I know it's only been a couple majors. No, but. I, 
the fact that he was in it for that long and was in solo first, that gives me confidence still. I still I still like him a lot and I still think he'll be great uh long term. Now when I say long term, I mean I mean like the next few years because by the time he's in his 40s and 50s, he'll probably he'll, he'll probably be like he a wa- he'll probably be like a walking Advil where he'll he'll probably have a, a his back will probably give out by by then, but just from all the steroids. <laughs> no, because, well, <laughs> no, from from just swinging out of his ass. <laughs> I mean, he's he's two years older than us. One year older than you. He's oh, wait, he's legitimately he's two years older he's than me. Or yeah, 20. his yeah. his birthday is September sixteenth, nineteen ninety three. On September fifteenth, ninety five. Wow, I'm glad he's one day off. He definitely would not have made my top five uh, birthdays. But yeah, he uh I I don't know. I I feel like I feel like Bryson just so it's it's been the Masters twice, which was a course that he should have played well yeah, that, at. Yeah, that 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 blows my mind that he does Tory not play. Tory Pines well. where he was playing well and he just totally collapsed out of nowhere. I don't know. It, it feels like he's probably going to find a way to come out and win the Open Championship or maybe he'll win the PGA next year. Like he's going to figure this out. But it is uh, pretty entertaining as someone who's not a huge fan of him to see him continue to to collapse. No, on people the tune like in to, to root against him. I get it. People do turn in to root for him, though. So, um, do you see Brooke, Brooks Koepka same- went on Sports Center and said that they have their whatever their differences are, they're irreparable. No, like, I didn't see that. There's no way. Yeah, that I that seems odd to me. Like I don't understand. Like, what is the the whole beef at this point? Like, I feel like it doesn't make sense to me how it's anything that's like they can never like talk to each other. I mean, it's, again. I mean the beef is good for the game, but irreparable. Wow. I, yeah, that <laughs> I right. Like, would he sleep with his girlfriend? Uh, yeah, it, that feels like pretty. Uh, pretty damning when he throws that one out there like it's not like a like a bird magic rivalry where you hate each other when you're playing but then you be friends when you're retired kind of thing like that's uh that that's odd to hear to say the they least. were so close from being paired together in the final round and then and then if, mm-hmm. if both of them kept up their their good round like they had i think they had front nines but not back nines they could have been in the playoff at one point yeah oh they could have because yeah. bryson was at five under and brooks i think was at four under so, so it was possible yeah i think Brooks finished three under, right? No, he finished two under because he two under. He, okay. he missed a short putt on eighteen mm. and, and put him in. Yeah. Court. That being said, there were what twelve guys who finished under par this weekend. Yeah, it was a like, tough course. I I, I yeah, love it. it when no, it's, it's tough. the U.S. Open. There yeah. should have been more than that. Like, isn't isn't minus six a lot for the U.S. Open? What did Bryson shoot last year? Well, he shot minus six, but he was also the only guy who shot under par. Under par. Yeah, exactly. So, like, to me, Tory Pines, it doesn't th- pass there, the test for you. There US have been Open. U.S. Opens that have been jokes. When when Brooks won his first major, which was yeah. uh, which was also a U.S. Open, he won at 16 under. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I don't know why I don't remember that. I, I remember. I I definitely remember that one. He, yeah, because Louis Ustazen shot five under, and then there were a bunch no, of guys it's, who were that's a that's a good score for that's the scoring I I like no, no that is uh, to me that's like an incredible score like that's like a bad US no that, so what that, year did, what that's year the did scoring Brooks I like win? though I, I don't like when it's way too hard like last year or <laughs> know, like Phil Mickelson is just like putting uh, while it's still going yeah. just because he's so you, frustrated yeah at 2018 at Shinnecock yeah it yeah was, yeah it Brooks was, uh, uh, Brooks won at like even par 
Yeah. 16 under par at Aaron Hills in 2017. Yeah, I remember that, that one was way too easy. Four strokes ahead of yeah. That okay. I guess all right. I'll I'll give it to Tory Pines for that one. What, what did Tiger shoot when he won it in 2008? Uh, two. There's no under, way you remember I that. Think. One or two under, I'm, and then they they I'm went to an 18 right hole playoff because they still had that. They double. did, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, which is silly. Um, yeah, I'm looking. Let's see, Woods shot. He shot one under, one but under, I don't yeah, know if that includes close. the playoff. It was an 18 hole so, playoff, though. Yeah, but did, yeah, I don't know if it would include the playoff. Like, oh no, it doesn't that... include the playoff. Okay, so they were they were tied at one under him and Rocco Media, right? Yeah, so that's one under. Like that's that's what you would expect out of a U.S. Open. I'm I'm cool with six under. It's fine. Just I hate when tournaments are way too easy and also way too hard. But if you're gonna give me one or the other, give me hard for sure. Like I I yeah. hate birdie fest. I know, and that's that's why I like the U.S. Open because I feel like it's it's usually uh, a very challenging course. But all right, you know John Rom he he uh, he proved that he's the best in the world by shooting a six under at a U.S. Open. So. Yeah. All right. That'll uh that'll wrap up our golf talk unless you have any others you want to throw out. No. You want to make your early prediction for the Open Championship just in case? <laughs> I think <laughs> No, no, I'm not going we'll we'll, we'll, we'll to do that. We'll record again, but before we're not going to take a month break. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's get ready to wrap up this episode with five questions. So I'll go ahead and get us started here with question number one. Euro 2020 is finally underway with the round of 16 set to kick off this weekend. What nation are you rooting for to win the tournament? So you know my true answer is I don't care, but to actually pick a team, um, I'm gonna, I'll, I guess Italy just because they're, they're qualified. They went undefeated, they're 3-0, and I've obviously been to Italy and I enjoyed – Italy a lot and so that's one reason to root for them now in terms of actual soccer analysis I can't give you a team that I to root for but I can give you a team to root against and I don't want to see Portugal win and I think they're I think they're third or second or third or tied for second in their group right now uh and yeah I don't want to see correct yeah yeah and I don't want to see Portugal win because I I'm not a Cristiano Ronaldo fan I'm just see soccer a lot of soccer players there there's a there's a lot of flopping and a lot of dudes who care about their looks and Cristiano Ronaldo takes both of those to a new level <laughs> so i'm not a fan yeah. of him and as a completely fake bandwagon barcelona fan they obviously rival real madrid and when he was he was obviously there before he transferred to juventus Juventus? Juventus. Yeah. Juventus. I think it's pronounced as an H. I, I, I might be Juventus, but yeah. Or Juventus, whatever. I think it's Juventus. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel the same way as you when it comes to Cristiano Ronaldo. I never liked him. Honestly, it, it took me a while to figure it out, but then I realized he just reminds me a lot of A-Rod. Oh, yeah. That's I a, hated A-Rod. So, like, to me, I, I hated Cristiano Ronaldo for no other reason besides that. Uh, Portugal won it last time in 2016. I remember watching that final, seeing Ronaldo get hurt. Um, Portugal won in spite of him. I don't remember at that point if I switched my rooting allegiances when he was out of the game, but I I kind of agree with that and that I wouldn't necessarily want Portugal to win again because I don't like Ronaldo. Uh, but in terms of who I'm rooting for, I actually have two countries, and that is our Slovakia and the Czech Republic. Now, I... 
I kind of went through an identity crisis uh, when I was a kid. So when I was in second grade, I found out that Novotny, you know, my heritage is Czechoslovakian. And I found out that on January 1st, 1993, Czechoslovakia split into two countries, Czech Republic and Slovakia. And given that Czechoslovakia started with Czech, I assumed that I was from the Czech Republic. So I went through the entirety, the remainder of elementary school up into sixth grade, believing that I was Czech. And I remember, I want to say it was early in the year, I remember in social studies doing some kind of project where you just had to kind of like talk about like a country of your heritage, whatever. And I did my project on Czech Republic because to me, I was Czech. And I, I don't remember a whole lot of what I did for it, but I remember coming home from school and showing it to my parents. And I was like, look, I did this cool Czech Republic thing, Novotny, yay. And that was when I found out that, no, I wasn't from the Czech Republic side of Czechoslovakia. Our family is from the Slovakian side. So that was when I had my identity crisis. I spent four years believing I was Czech, only to find out I was really Slovakian. So anyway, Slovakia would be the team for me. Like if I had to go for one team, it would, it would be them. But I've had enough like of that, that Czech Republic thing in me, whatever I want to call it, that I just feel like I can root for both of them because I'm Czechoslovakian. Like maybe my great grandfather was from the side that is Slovakia, but I think that they both count. And um, another reason why I'm willing to say that, so this can be like kind of quick little interactive activity for both you and our listeners. I want you to go on Wikipedia and look up list of most common surnames in Europe. Let me know when you're on that landing page. Uh, because that'll kind of help uh, explain my uh, my rationale here. List of most common surnames in Europe. In Europe. Yeah, it'll probably come up as like an autofill. And click on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, go on the the Wikipedia page. I mean, if you just go on Wikipedia.com and search for it too, it seems like you're struggling. In Czech Republic. Yeah, go down to Czech Republic. Novak. Keep reading it. Uh, so Savada. Okay, uh, Nov- <laughs> Novotny. <laughs> exactly, it's the third most common name in the Czech Republic. But if you go to Slovakia, Novotny doesn't even come on the list. So to me, I can count as both. I watched Czech Republic lose to England today. Was disappointed. I watch. I'm going to watch Slovakia probably lose to Spain tomorrow and also be disappointed. I think Czech Republic is in good shape to at least advance to the round of 16 as the third place team in their group. Slovakia probably needs to at least draw Spain. Uh, At the very least, they can't lose by more than a goal tomorrow, which could be tough given that Spain is, you know, they're Spain. But, uh, you know, even if both of them advance to the round of 16, they probably won't be in it for a long time. So it's a very, very small amount of time I'll be rooting for these two. But for now, they're my teams. And if they end up both getting knocked out soon i'll have to pivot to someone else and i have no idea who is, that'll be yet is england in the in the tournament yeah england because i looked up my home. i looked up my surname and yeah wells is probably English. obviously us is number one england is number two yeah which makes sense like is are, aren't you what is your are you english I guess I don't I you have no idea what my get, all right we need to get you on 23 yeah. and me. Uh, so the thing is obviously one side is filipino but I have no yeah. idea what my dad's side is. Okay. Well, I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm personally not a huge fan of uh, England soccer. So. See, that's why I couldn't. I couldn't do. 
So you had a whole thing on Czech Republic or Slovakia for your last name, but it's like, I don't know what my, where exactly my dad's from. It's, I mean, it's probably English or Scottish. Right. Um, I feel like it's English. I, I'm pretty sure. So if you want to start rooting for England, I, I don't really want to. It's just right I, I like I pref- <laughs> when it comes to soccer, I prefer rooting for players. But there aren't a lot. Of players. What player on Italy are you rooting for? I have no idea, but I like the country. <laughs> <laughs> you root for Harry Kane, future NFL kicker. Sure, whatever. He's on England. Yeah, future Man City player. More. Because yeah. I liked Barcelona, there are a lot of players on Spain. But when I look, when I looked at the Barcelona roster and then Spain's roster, there were, I, Jordi Alba I think was the only player that was on both. So I would have said Spain, but it's like now they're not that great. No, they they've definitely taken yeah. a step back from that 2010 uh, World Cup. Right. World Cup, yeah. All right. Uh, question number two, in a preview for the shop on HBO Max. Tom Brady mentions questioning why a team pursuing him in free agency decided to stick with their current option at quarterback. Which team, which player and team do you think he was referring to? Would you like me to say exactly what he said? The quote? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I can throw it <laughs> well, out I'm not going to say he, the exact word, but yeah, he said, what do you say, you're like, sticking with that mother effer? Yeah, that's what yeah. he said. <laughs> yeah, he, he did say that. that. That's in a preview. So the shop, it's like, LeBron's like barbershop show. I don't think they actually get haircuts. I think they just do everything but the haircut. I do. Part I do love that it's it's Brady, Draymond Green, and Kid Cudi. Like I like all three of those guys. Even Draymond Green, yeah. who has probably most most there, hated. There are more than just the three of them, right? Well, it was. I think it was more than those. Just those three, but those three at least were were in that episode. Okay. Yeah. So I guess to you know to answer that question is what what team he was talking about is basically saying some team was in the process for him as a free agent and then backed out at the end. To me, there's two teams and players that this could be, and it's either the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo or the Titans and Ryan Tannehill. Is there anyone else you think it could uh, be? So I had a, I wrote a huge list down. Um, one of them. I wrote down seven names, but one of them is a joke. <laughs> Bill Belichick. <What>? Oh. <laughs> like, he's saying to Robert Kraft, you're sticking with that mother effort. Uh, like, you're sticking with the coach over me. So that's, I, that's, that's, a, that's just yeah. a joke. Uh, but uh. I wrote down six names, and two of them, yeah, one of them was Jimmy G, one of them was Ryan Tannehill. There was some interest from the Chargers, so, like, I guess Tyrod, but it's like, Tyrod's not Well, that no, they bad. signed Tyrod in free agency, didn't they? Oh, was he already true. there as a whoever backup? The, whoever the Chargers quarterback was. Uh, so, it was Philip Rivers, uh, and true. they didn't so, keep him. So that's why I didn't think the yeah, Chargers so made sense. Yeah, so it definitely wasn't them. I just I just wrote down names just for talking points. Not actually, that's not uh-huh. who I actually thought it was. Um, Derek Carr. There was some yeah. interest from Vegas, but I don't think it was him either. I don't think it was serious um, enough. So two other names that legitimately it could have been. One, uh, Mitch Trubisky. There was definitely interest <laughs> by Chicago. Yeah, uh-huh. and obviously Mitch Trubisky sucks. Uh, but Do you think Brady? I don't had think, but like I don't that? think it was him because I, I because I think I don't think Brady was interested in Chicago. Yeah, be- which at, like because if he if he was interested in Chicago, wouldn't he just stay in New England? It's cold yeah, and they have I mean, a great defense. And I don't think that it was like I don't know how much of that was like you know him being like actually upset that another team passed on him. But from that logic, I agree. Yeah. I don't think it was Chicago. So and that's kind of why I thought it was Tennessee or San Francisco. My, but you throw it your last. My time. serious answer though. That I actually think it is uh, Jared Goff and the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams have really? this. Really? Yeah. So the L.A. Rams obviously have this great 
roster, especially defensively, and they got some great receivers. Both Brady and Giselle were very interested in the L.A. area, and their weak link was obviously Jared Goff at quarterback, and and they obviously stuck with them, and, and they didn't trade him until the very next year. And so, yeah, I, I feel think like he was a, never really linked to the Rams, though. No, just given their cap space situation. No, but I, yeah, I, I, mean, I see what you mean, but I, I think that's yeah. a, I think that's a legitimate possibility that. Well, because I didn't they say at the end that the Chargers weren't a possibility because they didn't want to go to L.A. Because like I thought that that actually made a lot of sense. Um, I guess I didn't really think of the the Rams Jared Goff. To me, it's I think that there's also some level. I don't even want to say irony, but almost like to some like point in like the inflection of what Brady was saying. If it was Tennessee or San Francisco, given that Jimmy G was his backup, that. The Patriots chose Brady over Jimmy G, you know, after almost choosing Jimmy G over him. And then Tennessee was the team that Ryan Tannehill, they just eliminated him. But Ryan Tannehill if I, only had passing yards in that game. I, I don't want to say Jared. I sh- let me rephrase. I don't think maybe Jared Goff isn't one on my list of who it could be, but I think he's up there with those two that you mentioned, Jimmy G and Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. I don't Yeah. I don't want to say, oh, yeah, it's definitely Jared Goff, but I, I wanted to throw him out because part of me believes that it could be. It could have been him in that team, just given how good they are and how bad he is, and the the area that uh, they're in in L.A. Yeah, well, I mean, Brady's also from San Francisco, so I think that also makes Jimmy G is probably the most likely uh, option of those names that I, we we've mentioned. Uh, but I wanted to throw out Goff and Tannehill was another one I was going to mention. Do you have HBO Max? I do not know. Are you gonna subscribe? Uh, maybe, to it so maybe you can now, watch this? <laughs> maybe now to find out. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Friday night at nine thirty. Um, I mean, I I don't know if they're actually gonna show it, but that's certainly a good selling point. <laughs> All right, question three: The summer solstice was late on Sunday night, marking the official start to the season. Where does summer rank on your list of the four four seasons? I would say second, and if you want to give my my whole ranking. Spring, sure. summer, fall, winter. Really? Springs, okay. Spring, summer, fall, 50 feet of crap, winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I also put summer second, but I put fall number one and spring number three. And I don't blame three. you. I'll admit, so what is your reasoning for putting spring number one? Because it's the furthest away from winter. <laughs> or, okay. Well, I mean, I guess well, summer is just I feel just like because it's almost spring, the closest. There is still some. In, as well. Yeah, there, there is still some. Uh, Cold weather in yeah, the spring in the beginning. sometimes, but I don't know. It's just the yeah. be- it feels like the beginning of something great, and I love, I love the time in like late March, early April when it comes to sports because in a normal year, that's when the NBA and NHL playoffs are about to begin, and that's when the Masters happens. And even though the NFL isn't playing, there's still there's free agency, and then the draft later later in April, and so I love that time of the year in sports. Uh, even without football, because football at least is still relevant uh, off the field as well. And I just love that. I don't know. I I just love that winter is ending. <laughs> but I don't blame you for yeah. picking fall, though, because that's when football fall season for me, starts. And yeah, football season, my birthday. And I and also my birthday. Like, in, well, it's technically still winter, is, yeah. but... Again, well, March I think can be... for, the, for me with the fall, I feel like the transition from summer to fall 
is better than the transition from winter to spring. Like I think the transition, I'm, I'm more looking forward to spring, but it's it's so like all over the place when winter actually ends and when spring really begins. Like it, to me, like yeah, baseball starts. Like that's I probably, awesome. I probably factor in snow the, isn't always the sports gone. more than the weather. <laughs> yeah, I know. well, I guess for me, like yeah, it's it's when I I think of my favorite sports months, it would probably be april and october and then march so, uh march madness as well yeah i know but like i guess the thing with march is it's like the last two weeks of march madness so it's it's or like of that month so i don't know Mar- march and april are kind of tough october is my favorite sports month just with football being well underway you know, at least in a normal year basketball and hockey are starting and you have baseball playoffs so like to me that's my favorite sports month which is another reason for fall for me but I mean, if I just look at the the weather, like you summer, it's starting to get you know less hot, and you can actually feel comfortable outside. That's definitely a big appeal. I like fall clothing a lot, um, and yeah, I, I think that it's, it's nice. Halloween's a great Halloween, holiday, absolutely. Yeah, Thanksgiving so too, is, and like especially down here where winter isn't as bad. Mm-hmm. Like fall, it just it lasts a little longer, where it's like still comfortable and nice. I guess so. the thing for me is. Spring, summer, and fall are pretty close to each other. <laughs> it's yeah, just my oh, hatred winter is, for winter. That's, winter that's is so I just, far. Let me just get that four. out of the way. Is that yeah. spring, summer, and fall? You, for me, I could make a case for mixing those three together. Maybe I'll change mm-hmm. my mind. Maybe I'll put fall first, and like like you, and and then summer, and then spring. I don't know. I just know I'm debating between those three, and I know that winter is for sure last, and that will never change. Was summer your favorite holiday as a kid? Or season as a kid. Probably, yeah. Yeah, because no school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I think that a lot of people are still kind of tied to that mindset for a while. Uh, I, I definitely felt that way. Now, when you're working, that's not a thing as much. But I, I do love summer. I do love being able to go to pools and the beach and the lake and, you know, spend time outdoors by water. But at the same time, it's hot. It can be kind of miserable. So I get why a lot of people don't necessarily love summer if you don't have access to ways to cool down every now and then. Oh, yeah. And uh, question number four, uh, Jennifer Hudson is set to star as Aretha Franklin in the latest musical biopic. What actor would you want to play you in a biopic about us? Yeah, so I think this is something we should really start thinking about because it's probably only a matter of time before they do a he's done it biopic. <laughs> but uh the so I, I have a couple answers to this. So the first answer is like Timothy Chalamet, who I don't think is realistic to play me, but I would be very honored if they decide to cast him. And my more slightly more realistic answer, um, just Given that I, I don't know if I necessarily even look like them, but the I feel like the blonde hair they can they can make it work would be either of the Sprouse brothers, uh, Dylan or Cole. So I was trying to think of someone who's younger who could kind of play me now, rather than trying to think of someone who's like older and more established, and it wouldn't make any sense. They're they're the sweet life of Zach and uh, Cody. Yeah, yeah, they're that's Zach what, and Cody. That's what I thought. Yeah, um, they've done a lot of other stuff. Like they're they're kind of removed from that now, but. Yeah, that's who they were. So I, I went with two choices as well. Well, I guess technically you was three, but I mean, one they're twins. So Yeah, it could be either one. Right. I don't, doesn't matter. Right. Uh, so I went with two names as well. The first one I picked was Dylan O'Brien, who was in okay. uh, Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. And 
Yeah. The reason the reason why I'm on the fence a little bit with that one is because I I'll admit he's he's a lot better looking than I am, but, but yeah, no, let's it's who would you want to, yeah, to play you? That's true. Yeah, he would make me look a lot better. So, uh, and he, and he was good in yeah. Um, what's, what the heck was that movie? The the internship with uh, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. He was the kid with the glasses. Oh yeah, yeah I remember that now. He was in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other name I put was was a uh, Josh Hutcherson. Hutcherson. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, he's another the Hunger yep. Games. Oh yeah, I, yep. Yeah, yep. Uh, he was in a lot of those movies and a couple of other movies as well. Like I think he was in RV with uh, with Robin Williams. He was bridged to Terabithia, right? Yeah, and then he was also in yeah, Journey, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yeah, so he's one that... He, he was in Future Man, this like Hulu original TV series. My, my roommate was watching it. It's it's, it's entertaining. Which one would um, you say really... looks more like me between those two guys? Um, I'm, I'm looking up Josh Hutcherson right now. I, I I can see it with him, but I, I need to see what Dylan O'Brien looks like these days because I feel like I haven't seen he, him in like I, seven I'll, years. I'll flame it. He looks way better than me but i would but again i, <laughs> I mean it'd be great you know what i can me. i can kind of see it like there's there's this one image that pops up from imdb where like i feel like it kind of I, I i think both of them could do it i think if you're gonna cast an actor uh to play you it's probably gonna be somebody who's good looking because that's how actors work so hey i mean zach efron played dead ted bundy so i think that anyone's fair game <laughs> <laughs> see that's that's the thing it's like i didn't want to pick um, Zach Efron or uh, who's who's that other guy in um the Hunger Games? It's not, but not Josh Hutcherson. Uh, Liam Hemsworth. Like Liam the, Hemsworth. Those guys oh, are yeah. way too. Yeah. Good. Those guys are way uh-huh. too good looking. <laughs> Surprised you didn't throw out like Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And Ryan oh, Reynolds, oh yeah. Which I, don't I make any pre- sense. Like, <laughs> that'd be great, yeah. but I, he doesn't look like me. But they're I, like, like sixty-five playing you when you're like thirty-five. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, at um, least at least those other two guys, they look my look like me a little, right? Just a little, like not, not like. I mean, there's yeah. some resemblance, some enough resemblance, I guess. A little. If you if you look far enough away and squint, like you could confuse the two of you, you and Dylan O'Brien. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the actor Simon Pegg? I've heard of him. Uh oh yeah, he's the guy in the Mission Impossible movies, and um, there was a Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz, yeah, he's in Hot. That Fuzz. movie was a lot better um, than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, so he's this English guy. I've been told like multiple times including literally the other day that I look like him and I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult I mean he's 51 years old he's a good actor uh because of that he couldn't he couldn't play me right he's way too old but uh yeah it's it's kind of crazy like that's happened to me like multiple times before and it's like it's only been like these random people that I meet like I've never had someone I've been friends with or you know just randomly say hey you kind of look like that guy um, I don't know what it is. I, I don't necessarily see it, but last weekend I told you that I I went to I went to Maine. Uh, I, yeah. I when I went to a breakfast diner, someone told me I look like Keanu Reeves. I'm like, I, oh, I'll, ta- you, I'll take that as what? a compliment. But like he was. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't I, know. I I disagree, it's, but like, but yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> I didn't yeah, say I agreed and, with him, but I no. It, but I'll yeah, take it. maybe like thirty years ago, Keanu Reeves could have been, yeah. uh, you know, played you in a biopic. When but. I when I was in middle school, a lot of people told me I look like David Archuleta, the the singer on American yeah. Idol. 
that I look uh, and not just not just like one or two people like people from my family people in school and even a teacher told me that like when American oh, Idol wow. was like really popular and he was on it that yeah. year of course I mean that's that's a good uh, compliment but, but he's not an actor so I didn't pick him no I don't know what he's up to these days yeah. um I would I wouldn't mind uh, for the Simon Pegg for you like I wouldn't I wouldn't but he's also like you said 25 years older like he <laughs> yeah yeah he's twice my age yeah. so I don't know. But he's a good actor. All right. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll take that. <laughs> um, all right. So question number five. Father's Day was this past Sunday. What movie or TV show dad would you most want to be your own father? Um, so I think the the one da- TV or movie dad that stuck out for me was, have you ever seen American Pie? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Mr. Levenstein, <laughs> Eugene. Oh, I love him. Yeah, yeah, he was th- he was in my top five movie. I think that's uh, a couple years ago. I think that's who I'd pick just because I think uh, I think when it comes to him, he's not like sh- he's not strict or anything. He's more of a yeah. dad that's he's... there for guidance rather than being yep. hard on you. And I think I think that's that's the type of dad that would work uh, best for me. I feel like that's what my dad's like. Where he he's not like super strict or anything with me and he he's he's there for me more for guidance i guess if that makes sense <laughs> yeah so, no i, I uh, think that's, that's a I really good answer yeah i um i i definitely put more of a focus on tv shows with my um my thought process but i think if i had to go with the movie dad he'd, he'd probably be up there um i think with tv shows it's a little difficult though because all of the dads that i love like I think they're great characters, but I don't know that I would necessarily want them to be my yeah, real I, I life wouldn't, dad. I wouldn't want Uncle Phil to be my dad. He, he yeah. would he'd scare the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we uh, Ben and I did our uh, top five TV dads three years ago, and my number one TV dad was Red Foreman. I love Red Foreman, the character. I think he's hilarious. I'm not jealous of Eric Foreman and his uh, his childhood upbringing with uh, with Red as his dad. And like Homer Simpson, he's up there in my top five. I definitely don't want him to be my dad in real life or even Peter Griffin or, you know, some of those other cartoon dads. Hugh Neutron, maybe that would be fun having a, I, I honestly a weirdo dad Hugh like Neutron. Hugh Neutron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick a cartoon dad, it would probably be him. Uh, but I, I think if I were to go to an adult dad, I think a similar kind of mindset, but it, it also it feels like kind of like a cheating answer in a way. But I would go with Danny Tanner from Full House. And <laughs> I think a lot of that I'd also just love Bob Saget. But like, I don't know, I feel like he's like branded to be the ultimate like TV like dad that anybody would want just the way that they, they portray him on that show. So, yeah, it feels kind of like a cheat answer. No, but that, I, that's a good I don't answer. know if there's a better answer. I mean, like, he's definitely... Danny Tanner is definitely a corny dude, but but yeah. I, I, oh, he is. I mean, he'd be funny. He'd be a fun. You have a dad who's like a the the local like TV weatherman, go, show right? guy, or not weatherman or TV show. I don't think he was weatherman. No, he was just like a talk show. Weather. Wake up, San Francisco. It was, a TV, it was a talk show. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that sounds awesome. Yeah. Like why why wouldn't uh, you know anyone want him to be their dad? I could see that. And Hugh Neutron's a great. Answer. I honestly, I legitimately <laughs> considered him. Yeah. So he'd probably be yeah. my top cartoon dad. Yeah. He would definitely be my number one cartoon. If I if I was a cartoon character, I would want Hugh Neutron to be my dad. Super nice guy, obsessed with ducks. <laughs> yep. Yep. Loves pie. Yeah, I know. When when Ben did his countdown, his his number one was Hank Hill from King of the Hill because he said he legitimately reminded him of his own dad. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, I, I think that there are a lot of good choices out there, but there are a lot of terrible ones, too. So it's like, 
I think it's it's uh it's tough when you I guess like, when you're just restricting it to TV shows and particularly sitcoms. So Brian Cranston and Malcolm in the Middle would be a great dad, but Brian Cranston. What about Brian? But Brian Cranston in <laughs> Breaking Bad, I'd be seriously concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, dad I texted. Rant was a drug kingpin. Yeah. <laughs> I texted my brother when it was uh you know who. Who um like what TV show or movie dad most reminds you of your own dad? And the second name he threw out was Walter White. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're just <laughs> <laughs> random names. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a secret meth lab going in our uh, backyard. Um, yeah, it, I think uh I think it's a fun question. I think it's it's one. I'm I'm curious if if I know my dad's listening to this. I'm curious if, like if he's like, oh yeah, this guy reminds me of myself. Um, I feel like every time I went through, it's like these guys are all goofballs. Like they're made out to be like these like funny guys that just aren't like real life dads in most cases. <laughs> You're just laughing at the Walter White. Yeah. Thing, so. <laughs> uh. All right. That. Yeah, that'll wrap up the uh, the five question segment here. Uh, do have a couple things I want to mention before we close out. First off, I want to give a shout out to Carl uh, Nassib, the first NFL player, active NFL player to come out as gay. It it feels like that had been inevitable for a while, and it's almost crazy that it took this long because I feel like we've been talking about it for a decade, saying that it was only a matter of time before it happened. I just hope it's not a Michael Sam thing where it's talked about every minute of every day and then he's out of the league. I, I, yeah. I don't want that to happen. I I hope he continues to have a good, a good career. That's, what, that's I all I hope. I don't, and not be, I don't think it'll happen all because, day. No, I, I mean, I imagine he will be for a while. He's already the top selling Jersey on NFL.com, but uh, he, he's an established player. Like he just signed a three year, $25 million deal with the Raiders. Like to me, like he's, he's going to be part of like their pass rush rotation and he's going to continue to make an impact and he's going to continue to have a career. And I, I like that the way he went about it because he, he posted on Instagram and he was like, yeah, I'm uh I'm not like this guy who loves to like share a whole lot about my life, but I want to basically be an inspiration and a role model role model to others. Like I want to, you know, show others that hey, you can be an NFL player. Like that's not going to stop you. And he made a $100,000 donation to the Trevor Project. So I I think that he had really great intentions of it, and it's frustrating to see people complain and say stuff like, "Oh, who cares? Like it doesn't matter." Like it it definitely still matters. Like it's a hyper masculine sport and uh, you know, to to be willing and you know comfortable and courageous to come out like that, I think it, it means a lot for a lot of people. So, definitely curious to see where this goes from here. It feels like inevitable that you're going to kind of start hearing more, um, not just in the NFL but in other professional sports, because right now it's it really hasn't happened really anywhere outside of guys who are you know already retired by the time they make their announcement. I seriously wish him the best. Continuing yep. a, having continuing having a good career, and yeah, like you said, hopefully that helps uh, other players in other sports uh, do the same. Yeah, and then uh, one other thing. So I recently was on Affable Chat Ben's podcast. He came to visit me in Raleigh last weekend. Record an episode. We talked about his experience taking the train to Raleigh and just some other things we did that first morning early afternoon he was here so go ahead and give that one a listen it's uh i think we had a really fun conversation here in my bedroom and 
I uh, definitely look forward to being on his podcast again. I'll give that a listen. All right, cool. It's only 50 minutes. It's a, it's shorter than he's done it, so it's an easy listen. Sweet. All right, so that'll, uh, that'll wrap things up for this week's episode. We'll be back again soon. More playoff coverage, more NBA, more NHL, probably other sports as they're as they become more relevant. So for my co-host, Brian Wells, I'm Corey Novotny. Thanks, everyone. 